Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I, I, I want to talk this morning on, on advancing in destiny. And um, the, the subject of destiny holds a very dear place in my heart. Maybe because of how I turned out to be a preacher. Uh, even though I grew up in a pastor's home, raised by pastors, always, at least for the most part of my life, went to the church that was founded and planted by my dad, I never really wanted to become a pastor. I just wanted to be a lecturer, you know, do stuff and all that. But in the course of my life, I realized that the, the call of God was upon my life. And the Lord, this is what the Lord wanted me to be. Or this is what he created me to be. And so that experience uh, makes me very passionate about the subject of destiny. Because not many people in life are doing what the Lord's called them to do. And this doesn't have to just be in ministry. Because I could have been doing something else and in the eyes of the world very successful at it, but I would not have been leaving the reason God created me. And so the subject of destiny is very, very, uh, very dear to my heart. Let's look at the word advance. Three definitions to the word advance. Number one, it means to move forward. In a purposeful way. To advance. It's not just to move forward. It's to move forward. In what? A purposeful way. Everybody, everybody say purposeful way. Alright. That's very low. Can we raise the volume a bit? Say purposeful way. Alright. That's better. So move forward. In a purposeful way. Alright. Number two. To make or cause to make progress. To make or cause to make progress. So when we talk about advancing in destiny, we're talking about purposeful progress. We're not just talking about progress now. We're talking about progress that has purpose to it. Have you ever, I don't know, well, I've been to a few inter-hospots of my kids, but... Um, I don't think inter-hotspots now are like inter-hotspots during our time. Uh, during our time, inter-hotspots was like the annual church convention. Everybody looked forward to it. All right? But have you seen where school children are marching on, or workers? <laughs> workers one is even funny. May 1st. All right? Do, people, do workers still go to the stadium to march for May 1st? Oh, they don't. Okay. So, you know, you've got all those... When you see all those... School children marching, right? And they are doing their eyes right and all that. 
and you see soldiers marching, you know the difference is clear. Right? You know the difference is clear. That's what it means. Some people just have movement. Some people have purposeful movement. For the military, its purpose, the, the match past has a purpose to it. To the secondary school students or the primary, especially primary school students, you know, primary school is, is interesting. You see the teacher running in between the lines and, you know, trying to make sure this one stays there, this one some can start the eyes right when they feel like. Or maybe during when they are marching, one just decides that he's not marching again. As you understand, they just say he's not, he's not marching again. Even the father will say, march, march, he will say no, until the father... I mean, so, at the end of the day, that whole secondary school student, primary school student, they will march past all where they need to march past. They've made movement, but it's really not a purposeful movement. You can live your life without purpose. You can. You can. You know, sometimes people say, you know, God, I've been serving you for 10 years now and I don't have this. Even people that are not, you know, when you start living that way, you haven't really understood life. Paul is comparing themselves with themselves. He says they are not wise. This life was never designed for comparison. There is a commission behind your life. Praise God. There is a commission behind your life. So the third definition is a forward movement. So number one, we move forward in a purposeful way. Number two, make or cause to make progress. Number three, a forward movement. So advancement is not just movement, but a forward movement. You know, there are circular movements. You can move around in circles and you're not making progress. Let's look at this simple statement in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 3. Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 3. Look at this. The Lord was telling the children of Israel. It says, You have circled. Observe the word circled. You have circled this mountain long enough. Now do what? Turn north. So, they are moving around in circles. Moving around in circles. Moving around in circles. They are just moving. And, (laughs) if you ask them, they will say they are moving. But you know, when they left Egypt, they left Egypt with a destination in mind. What was that destination? The land of what? Canaan. You know it's not the land of Potakot, right? The land of what? Canaan. So they left Egypt. So let's assume this is Egypt. No, let's assume this is Egypt. Canaan has television. So this is Egypt. Alright? And they were to move to Canaan. This is where they were coming to. That's the mind of God. That's the plan of God. And they left Egypt quite alright. And they got here. And they started moving around in circles. Started going around in circles. And God had to speak to them. He says, hey, come on guys. You have gone around this mountain for too long. Turn north. 
Have a direction to your purpose. For the average person, life is about that I'm giving birth to, I've got some money, I marry, I give birth to children, and I die. And my children repeat that circle. And that's just it about life. Or some people just say, let's just enjoy life. And they're going around in circles. And there is a destination, there's a purpose. There's where you're supposed to end up. There is where God wants you to end up. There's where God is going to hold your life accountable if you end up there or not. God has to give them a direction. Advancement is not just movement, but a forward movement, progressive movement. Moving forward in a purposeful way. God wants us to make progress with purpose in mind. What that means is that our life has to be intentional and has to be deliberate. Everyone says intentional and deliberate. Say it intentionally and deliberately. Say intentional and deliberate. Your life has to be intentional. Your life has to be deliberate. And I'll tell you something. The beautiful thing is, whether your life is intentional or not, time will be going. How many of you are amazed we are heading to the end of 2023? Right? Yeah, it's just gone. And before you know, you'll be hearing jingle bell, jingle bell. And it's another year. I am so glad that God did not give man control of time. If not, some people would have said, oh, we've wasted 2023. Let's go back to 1979 and start again. I'm telling you, every year they'll be rewinding the clock. How many of you think if you, if you had the power? Huh? <laughs> Come on, church. How many of you think if you had the power, you would just rewind the year? Oh, yeah. Which year is this? In 1999? No, I didn't like that year. Go back to 72. <laughs> So God didn't give you that power. God didn't give anyone that power. The only way you can control the year is your choices. And that's how you control how the year ends up. If you like, you can start afresh all the time. You know, people like to start afresh. They will waste one month. Say, I'm starting again in September. September 1st. (laughs) Afresh. (laughs) And then they do all the same things they normally do. And then October. Final October. Final October. And then it's back. And that's why I really don't. I really don't do crossover service. Because if people don't have the right habits in December, and they don't build the right habits in November, January is going to be a repeat of December. One prayer is not going to change your life. Did you hear that? Hear it again. One prayer is not going to change your life. One anointing oil, one bottle is too small. Wouldn't change your life. One handkerchief, won't do it. Coconut water, <laughs> won't even go, get close. If you want your life to be changed, you change your choices. It's the easiest way to move your life forward. Change what you do every day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you change what you do every day, just a little change of what you do every day, It'll cost your life to move forward in a massive way. 
The child of God was not designed to live by miracles. There is a life. There is a daily communal life that a child of God ought to live by. You shouldn't be waiting for miracles every day. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Do you realize, let me say this to you as we move on. Do you realize that Jesus never really performed miracles for the disciples? Did you realize that? Go study the scriptures. Did you realize that? What did he spend time doing with the disciples? Teaching them. The miracles were for the people who were coming, you know, following him and all of that. God's will is to teach you so your life becomes miraculous. I know we like miracle service. It's beautiful. But that's not God's design for us. God is not... God's will for you is not to live from one miracle of healing to another. God's will for you is to live in divine health. Not to be sick at all. Then, you have so much of divine health, you begin to pray for the sick. When he says, let, if anyone who is sick, let him call for the elders of the church. He wasn't thinking that the elders would be sick. Are you hear what I'm saying? Imagine calling for the elder of the church. Say, ah, elder, please. My child is sick. He say, hey... So what does your child have? Say it's malaria. Say, ah, we thank God. <laughs> he said, I'm suffering from typhoid. I can't even move. You, you realize that God wasn't, God wasn't expecting that kind of conversation to happen. So that means that God was expecting that the believer would be full of divine health. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Alright. Now, Let's go on. We have a lot of content this morning. Our destiny is who we were born to become in this life. Our destiny is who we were born to become in this life. Let me say this, and I want to say this categorically. I know we've watched a lot of movies. We've seen a lot of stuff. But let me tell you, nobody can change your destiny. Don't believe that lie. That, oh, this person had a bright destiny. They now changed his head. Is too much of movies. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And let me tell you, you know, sometimes people... Let me just say this, please. I believe that the Spirit of God wants me to say this. You know, sometimes people listen to witch, witches confess. I don't know why they do so, but they, they listen to witches confess. So, they... Um, I don't know where they listen to them, but I know they listen to them. So, they said, a witch confessed or an occult man confessed. Uh, this is the problem with those confessions. Number one, Jesus clearly told us that the devil is a liar from the beginning. Alright? And secondly, the word of God is true. The confessions of which is not true. Because they can make a confession to sell a lie to keep you in ignorance. Your destiny by God, cannot be changed by a man, it can only be altered by your choices. When God created you, your purpose is with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it's, you know, even if we say they changed your destiny, it's your ignorance that allowed them to change your destiny. But that's not even part of, part of the discussion. The psalmist says, you formed me in my 
in, your, in my inward part, in the inward part, speaking about his parents, it says, when my substance was yet not known, my substance was formed. There is a crafting that God has for you that only God knows. Because, let me give you a simple logical example, if Satan changes your destiny and you fulfill the wrong destiny, there's probably nothing God will judge you by. Because in the first place, you didn't even know the destiny and it was changed. So what we God hold you accountable for? Are you following what I'm saying? We have so elevated the devil in the church that the devil looks more powerful than God. And actually, most of the churches worship the devil because he decides how we pray, he decides when we pray, he decides what we pray, he decides what we say when we finish praying. Praise the name of the Lord. So because people fly at night, some people fly at night, you have to pray at 12 midnight because that's when they take off. So you have to be at the airport to hold the plane. Are you following this? Scripture says he gives his beloved sleep. You say no. We are at the airport walking. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now you can't even eat food freely given to you by your fellow brother. Because you're afraid that you want to die. And the word of God says, if they take any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. You don't believe that one. But you've watched so much films that once they offer you food, you don't eat. Because immediately somebody else gives you food, your mind says, hmm, be careful. I'm telling you, your mind tells you that. Am I right? Am I right? You see, that has, that has gone into your mind. The scripture does not come into your mind quickly. The first thing is, ah, that's how they poisoned one woman in Abakalike and the... I now came to the back of her head. And you, you just, and you've read all of those stories. Your brain quickly picks an example that fits that. And maybe in that story is rice. And it's rice they gave you. And then the rice had meat at the center. I mean, you're, you're, you have so immersed yourself in evil that even when you see good, evil comes out of your mind at first. Praise God. And you need to be careful of those things. Because those are the things that make people not to fulfill destiny. So conscious of the world around them. The world that God has ordained that they go out and change. They are afraid of the world. Praise the name of the Lord. I can never die by poison. I can never die by poison. It will be an embarrassment. You appear before God. Say, what killed you? Say, it's rice. Which kind of rice? Say they poisoned it. And you imagine Jesus looking at you. That so with with my blood, with the death, with the pastor you had, and the Bible, and books, you still died. God will be ashamed of you. We've so exalted the devil. And the reason I'm saying all of this is because we have also made it possible for the enemy to lure us from fulfilling purpose. Because instead of chasing the reason God created us, we're chasing all these things out there. Our destiny can be referred to our purpose, which is God's original plan for our lives before our birth. Jeremiah 1.5 Jeremiah 1.5 Let me have the scriptures very quickly. Therefore, sorry, before I formed you in the womb, pay attention to this. Just write the scriptures down. We have a lot to cover this morning. Let's go first. Before I formed you in the womb, what happened? What did God say? I knew you. Praise God. And before you were born, what happened? I consecrated you. 
I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Can you imagine this? God telling Jeremiah, that's why I told you your destiny cannot be changed. God says, even before you were born, you were already consecrated. Now, let me tell you something. If you read on, God told Jeremiah to prophesy. Then Jeremiah said, no, Lord, I cannot. I'm a youth. Now, God said, do not say you are a youth. Now, pay attention to this. Jeremiah would not have fulfilled his purpose if God did not correct him. He would have been going saying what? I'm a youth. I can't be a prophet. I'm a youth. I can't be a prophet. When he no longer ends up a prophet, it will not be the devil who changed his destiny. It will be his confession. Are you following what I'm saying? So God had to correct him and say, hey, come on, boy, no. No, 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 no. Don't say you're a youth. I'm sending you to these people. I'm going to be with you. Don't be afraid of them. Child of God, you are the only one that can stop yourself in this life. No one. You're the only one. Before you were born, you were ordained a prophet to the nations. Some of you already know what you should be doing. You know what God has called you to do. Fear stops you. What people will say stops you. Money stops you. Go listen to my message. Ten reasons people don't fulfill their purpose. Some of you is family. Hmm? Some of you is your spouse, your wife, your husband. For some of you is money. You just want to blow. That's all you want to do in this life. Just blow. <laughs> you just want money. And who tells you that fulfilling your purpose will not bring money? It will. Because that's what you're created to do. It might not be quick. It might not be fast, but it will. Praise God. You know, every time I ask my son, so what do you want to be when you grow up? Then he mentions this, he mentions that. Then I say, well, pray about it and ask the Lord to lead you. I always tell him that. Pray about it and ask the Lord to lead you. Just pray about it. Ask the Lord. He has a way of leading you. Just say, Lord, what did you create me for? What do you want me to become? Don't just have these ideas out there. I want to be a pilot. I want to be uh, a fridge repairer. I want to be a model. I want to be... just, Just pray about it. Pray first. See, God loves you more than you love yourself. Hallelujah. How many of you have had this case with your children? You want them to go to a particular school, but they choose a particular school, right? They they want to go to this school. You want them to go to this school. And maybe you have seen that this school has better teachers, right? But then they, they want to go to this school. And if you ask them, for instance, why they want to go to that school, their reason can be very flimsy. They can say, oh, because this school has green flower in front. Then you now ask yourself, is, is, is your education, do you get what I'm saying? You have seen, as the parent, you have seen that this school has good teachers. You've checked some other things they are not conscious of. In fact, your children can decide to go to a school because their friend is in that school. They just say, you want to go to this school. Alright? Why do you want to go to this school? Eh, my friend is there. But that school, they will not teach you where. They will say, I know. And some of us are like that. Why do you want to be this? This is what God has made you. I know, but this will bring more money. If we are born again, then we must subject ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus. Your life is no longer your own. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Isaiah 43 verse 1. Let me have that scripture quickly. Isaiah 43 verse 1. We're looking at a few examples. But now thus says the Lord, you crea- your creator. What am I reading? O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, <clears throat> do not fear, for I have redeemed you and I've called you by name. You are mine. Don't be afraid. You know, Jacob, for he was called Israel, was fighting with the angel, wrestling. Right? Wrestling, 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 wrestling. Violent take it by fire. Violent take it by force. <laughs> I heard someone interpreting that scripture some few days ago. I was laughing. And then, held the angel. The angel wanted to go and say, I will not let you go until you bless me. You know, that, that's our spirit. And the angel said, what's your name? He says, I'm Jacob. He says, no, you're not. He says, your name is Israel. You're a prince with God. It's because you think you're Jacob. That's why you're fighting for the blessing. You are the blessing. You carry the blessing. Through you, the nations of the earth will be blessed. Within you are 12 solid tribes. God's plan is in you. You see, when you don't have a sense of destiny, you fight for what you shouldn't fight for. Why are you fighting? What blessing do you need again? It says you're Israel. You're a prince with God. By the birthright, the 12 tribes ought to come out from you. And that changed his story. Genesis 45, 7. Genesis 45, 7. God sent me before you. Talking about Joseph. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant in the earth and to keep you alive by great deliverance. God sent Joseph before his brothers. His purpose was not just to be a prime minister. The prime minister position was to preserve Israel. Do you realize that if Joseph had not become a prime minister in Egypt and the wisdom of God has not been made available to him in Egypt, do you know what's going to happen? The whole of Israel would have died of famine. The plans of God would have been aborted. Let me tell you something. When God puts you in certain positions, it's based on your purpose. Hallelujah. Are you still here? It says, God sent me before you. That was his purpose. And imagine Joseph getting on the, on the seat and says, now that I'm a prime minister, you people, God has put me as a prime minister to show you people that you people buried me thinking I will die, but I'm a seed. <laughs> you see all those quotes we put up all the time. Some of those quotes empower our ego and ourselves and our emotions. It was part of the plan. Joseph had to be sold. Because that's, that's the only way he would get to Egypt. His father will never allow him to go to Egypt. His father loved him. Are you following that? His father would never allow him. It was part of the plan. When you have a sense of destiny, you don't fret about life. You're confident on the plans of God for your life. There is a calmness. There is an assurance. The way you approach life. Now let me say this. You can advance in life. But not in destiny. And let me clarify that. Matthew chapter 19. Let me show you something here. Go to, go to Matthew 19. 
and verse 16. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 16. We're going to read from verse 16 to 22. And, uh, and someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good thing shall I do that I might obtain eternal life? And he said to him, Why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Then he said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept. What am I still lacking? Jesus said to him, if you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. This is an example of a man who advanced in life but not in destiny. He had everything. He kept the commands. You know what? If you had looked at this rich, wrong ruler, you would have made him your mentor. He had everything. But when it came to the issue of fulfilling destiny, he couldn't press further. God says, sell what you have and come follow me. That was his destiny. His destiny was that he should be a disciple of Jesus. So you can advance in life and not in destiny. You can have money and you're not in the center of God's will. You can do well and you're not in the center of God's will. You can have children and you're not in the center of God's will. Praise God. And, and there's something we, we also need to address as Christians. Because I, I've observed now, God gives us children and those children become like mini-gods in our life. Even sometimes by the statements we say. By, it, it's like we almost worship those children. And that's why you find out that as, as, as Christian parents sometimes we're giving birth to unruly children because we, we are actually now Almost, it's like, you know, people even say, oh, my life, the, the one who made my life come alive, your child. And you hear people say those statements, you can touch everything, but not my child. And, and you see, even Christian couples that should be united are divided over raising children. Because the mother feels, oh, the child is so special, you know. And, 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 and we're going to address that in a separate talk. But what you're doing, you will not let those children work in purpose. Nothing God has given to you replaces him. Did you hear that? What did I say? Nothing God has given to you replaces him. Not your wife, not your husband, not your children. And those worship of children has to stop. It is idolatry. Oh, my world. <laughs> the one who made them call me woman. You, you were a man before you gave birth, right? I mean, we, it's, it's, they sound nice, but we, we, need to, we need to watch these things because we, we are overdoing it. And we can't discipline these kids anymore. We can't caution them anymore. Whatever they want is what you give them. And it's almost like you are bowing at their knees. Train up a child in the way that he should go. When he's old, 
He will not depart from you. You have a responsibility of training that child. You're first of all the trainer of your child before you're his friend. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I believe that's a word of knowledge to save somebody's children. Or you want me to say, Toss here the Lord? Yeah. I believe that. Because it's not in my notes. So we call this guy the rich young ruler who did not get into destiny. Alright, let's look at the, the, the rich fool. Luke 12. Are you still here? Luke chapter 12 and verse 13. Luke chapter 12 and verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbitrator over you? Then he said to them, Beware and be on guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns, build larger ones, and there I'll store my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you've made many goods, laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. How many of you think this is a good life? The American dream. Right? How many of you really desire to get to that place where you can just say, my soul, relax. No, you say, chillax. Just eat and drink. You have blown. Alright. This was where the man was. He's got everything. He's got for many years. Look at what the Lord says. But God said to him, you fool. This is interesting. In our eyes, this would be a wise man. If he was not wise, why will he have that kind of money? God said, you fool. You know, there are a few times God calls people fool in the scriptures. This was one of them. This very night, your soul is required of you. And now who will own what you have prepared? Remember our teaching on God and Mammon? So, this man was not rich, so was God. It wasn't just fulfilling purpose. He advanced in life, but not in purpose, because God called him a fool. Who is a fool according to scriptural interpretation? He who says in his heart, there's what? No God. It, it doesn't mean the person is saying there's no God. He's living his life as if there's no God. You know, we've always said it here. Why is it that when your life gets, when you're under pressure, what was the first thing people cut away from? What is the first thing you cut away from? Those people, you. Eh? When you're under pressure. Church. Church. So I just want to sort one or two things out. Be sorting. Hmm? When people are under pressure, they cut away from church. When people are under pressure, they stop praying. They say, all the prayer that I've been praying, if God is hearing, why is he not answering? Two months ago, when they were doing gratitude, that was the person singing. I've been waiting for has come to pass. See what the Lord has done. And he's crying. See what the Lord has done. See what the Lord has done. I've been waiting for has come. His uncle just sent him 
money for his rent two months ago. See what the Lord has done. What I've been waiting for. I just like this song. It ministered to my soul. <laughs> two months after, you, you prayed for shoe. Then you now say, all the prayers I've been praying, God is not answering. But two months ago, you said, see what the Lord has done. You see, we have very short memory when it comes to God. Are you following this? We have very short memory when it comes to God. Don't be that kind of person. Okay. The next person is Paul. Galatians chapter 1 verse 14. Thank you, Lord. Galatians chapter 1 verse 14. What are we talking about? A man can advance in life, but not what? In destiny. So the key for us is that we want to advance what? In destiny, not just what? In life. Look at what Paul said in Galatians 1.14. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral uh, traditions. God had called this man to be an apostle. But he was advancing in Judaism. Not fulfilling his purpose. Can I tell you something? If God did not miraculously intervene in the life of Paul, we will not have the books of the New Testament he wrote. We will only know him as a killer. A man can be passionate about what he's not called for. That's why sometimes in life, it's not about following your passion. You can have passion for the wrong things. Praise God. <laughs> you know, when I went to preach in uh, Akure uh, last month, so, they said they wanted me to have a place where I could study and everything. So, they, they put me in one of the... They have this guest house for professors and everything. So, in the school, in Federal University of Technology, Korea. So, that's where I stayed. You know, so one of the days I was reading, I was studying. So, I came out and I was like, ah. So, if I have not answered ministry call, maybe I'll be lecturing in one of those schools now. Huh? I was just looking at how different my path would be in life. Praise the name of the Lord. How different. It's just so easy to be passionate about what God has not really designed you for. And that is why you have to pray. You have to pray. And press in. We'll talk about that. How do you get into this part of fulfilling destiny? You've got to really find out what does God want me to be? What does God want me to do? And follow that path. Don't always think of your life as ending in this world. Be, be conscious of the fact that there is a creator you will give account to. Be conscious of that fact. Don't always be conscious of that fact. And let me tell you something. You are also not getting younger. There are certain purposes you can fulfill when your body is still youthful. Are you following this? Conscious of that. Acts 13.36 Acts 13.36 It says, For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid among his fathers and underwent decay. David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation. Three things I want you to note there. Number one, David served the purpose of God. And he did it in his own generation. Your destiny is simply to serve God's purpose for your generation. There is an assignment in your life and there is a time frame. 
You don't have all the time. You know, sometimes we tell singles, hey, now that you're single, give yourself to the service of God. It's not like when you're married, you won't, but you're going to have a couple of things to contend with as you serve God. Paul said it. Your desire will be unto your husband. Right? And the children will be there. When you're studying, they will come, creep on your Bible. (laughs) And after a while, what's going to happen? Say, I will study later. Junior, junior, junior. Every time I want to read the Bible, that's where you are crying. Oh yeah, come. When you sleep, I will study. Then you carry junior. Feed him. Watch cartoon. Play. Post status. My life. My world. Junior to the world. You can even call him my prophet. <laughs> and they say, you just want to put junior to sleep. And then you put junior to sleep. Then in your mind, you are reading Bible. Because you had said you would study. So your mind record that in your subconscious. So you are, in, the, in your mind, you are studying Bible. Not knowing that you are dreaming. You have slept. Then the next sound you will hear is the sound of an alarm. 5.30. You have to get the other kids ready for school. One day has gone without studying. And you can be in that circle for years. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then when you are praying, you say, Father, you see my heart. It's not as if I don't want to serve you. But Lord, it is family first before ministry. <laughs> God says, no problem. Am I dragging your family with you? You see, we don't have all the time in the world to mess around. There are lives waiting for us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You cannot tell what will happen at the other side of your obedience. Whose life will be changed? Whose life will be transformed? If not for your own life, consider the life of others that are hinged to your purpose. Joseph said, you sent me ahead of time to preserve my people. So you were created for a purpose. John 18, 17, Jesus says, therefore Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say correctly that I'm a king. For this purpose I have been born. For this purpose I have been born. John 18. Alright? And for this I have come into the world. For this purpose I have been born. And for this I have come into the world. There is a purpose. Praise the name of the Lord. Luke 4.43. Jesus says, I must go to other cities. For that is why I was sent. I must go to other cities. So, for that is why I was sent. Hebrews 10.7 In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will. There is something written about your life. Go to Psalm 139, verse 13. Psalm 139, verse 13. For you found me, you found my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. You were made in secret. You were not made in the open. Your destiny is with God. Your destiny is found in God. 
Praise the name of the Lord. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. Right? And in your book were all written. The days that were ordained for me. When as yet there was none of them. When there was no day. When there was, it's like, you know the Lord telling Jeremiah before I formed you, I ordained you. When you were not even born. All your days were written. I want you to leave this service this morning with a sense of purpose. And I said something a few days ago. That when God wants to use you. He is very stringent with your life. You can't do what others are doing. For the sake of purpose. For the sake of destiny. You, you've got to have rules that will guide your life. You have to be intentional. Because if you don't position yourself in a way to fulfill purpose, you will never fulfill purpose. God has already created you. He's not going to force his purpose on you. Imagine God calling me to be a preacher. I don't study. I don't pray. I don't do anything. I'm just living carelessly. I'll never get to the fullness of my, of my potential. I'll never get to the fullness of it. Or I'm just concerned about what everybody else is concerned about. Right? Are you still here? You can be busy without moving into the purpose God has for your life. Secular motions in the wilderness is not the same as getting to Canaan. You got a promotion. You got a house. You moved to a new house. You got a car. You gave birth to a baby. You got married. Beautiful things. Beautiful things we should all have. Right? But are you fulfilling purpose? Are you fulfilling purpose? Okay? We can live in such a way that we're just going through the normal routine of life without a consciousness of the overall purpose and plans that God has for us and the assignment God wants us to fulfill on earth. Whatever God gives to us is a tool to fulfill the mandate God has called us for. Whatever God gives to you, it's to help you fulfill that mandate. I need you to be more conscious of purpose. I need you to be more conscious of destiny. Some things are good, but it will take you away from the path of destiny. Paul says, not everything is lawful for me. Right? Not everything is expedient. It's not, it's not really everything that everybody is doing that's okay for you. You have a sense of purpose. Sense of destiny. That's why you can't even marry anybody. You've got to marry somebody who would help you fulfill what? That purpose. And sometimes when we talk... When we talk about this, we're always looking towards the side of the man. But actually, the man should also help the woman get to the best of her life. When, you, when a woman marries you, they should get better. Huh? Hello? And getting better is not just, you know what, I am, you know, I'm walking. If you want to see that I'm a rich man, look at my wife. So, I mean, your wife is dressed like a goddess. And that's good. She's got all the ring, ring, earrings everywhere. You know, she's got good makeup, good hair, good dress sense. That's beautiful. But you should also be concerned if your, is your wife living out the reason God called her? Don't be just only concerned if she has the right perfume. See, before I married my husband, I used, I used to smell like this. But after my marriage, my husband changed my life. And what's the changing of life? You began to 
sent nicely. Okay, we should use scent, right? Huh? So they import your perfume and import your eyelashes. <laughs> huh? And import your ring and import your shoes. See, your life has turned around. Well done. Well done. But with all of that, are you doing what God created you for? Are you dressed up a well-dressed lady who is going around the mountain? Or you fulfilling purpose? Are you still here? Same thing goes for us, guys. Hmm? Don't just get married to a woman. And don't ask God, why did you give this lady to me? What's her call? What's her purpose? What, 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 what is it about? And so when you want to get married as a single, those are the conversations you should be having. Because the other things, right, they can change. You might be poor today and you become wealthy, your perfume can change. You can also become wealthy and you become the other way. Hmm? You know your perfume can also change. <laughs> you can be buying all those <laughs> buying those perfume. That one touch you change the atmosphere of the church. Now, the one that the Lord has sent has happened to us. Now, what I'm trying to say is that all those things are subject to change, alright? Change this way and change that way. But one thing that is permanent is your purpose. Let's be more conscious of purpose. When you give birth to children, that should be your con- Lord, how can I help this, my child, to fulfill purpose? You remember Moses' mother? They were killing all other children and said no. She hid Moses because she thought that Moses was what? A proper child. If not, you say, ah, please, please, I don't know what to do. He's Pharaoh. We cannot. No, she said something about Moses. And she hid. She went through the ricks to hide Moses. Do you have a sensing about your children? Do you have a, you know, some of us know our children are called in a particular way. We don't pay attention to those children. We are too busy. Your child has a music gift. You know already this child has a music gift. You don't pay attention to that music gift. You pay attention to many things. Eh? You, your child has, you know, you, should, you see the ability in this child. Give attention. Especially if God has shown you this is what the child will become. But no. You are more conscious of birthday shots than purpose shots. Just conscious of things that can change. I believe that the reason many Christians would cry on the judgment day is not for sin. It is when God actually shows them who they ought to be on the earth. And you realize it's finished. You can't be this one anymore. You'll be in pains. Oh, you'll be in pains. And it will be so amazing to watch people Get into their rewards who lived out the purpose of God for their lives. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Mm. How can we advance in destiny? 
How can we advance in destiny? Number one, deliberate decision. Deliberate decision. Let's read Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. Everybody, I want us to read the first line together. Everybody, let's look at the screen. Let's read the first line together. What does the first line say? One to go. But Daniel made up his mind. Let's read it again. But Daniel made up his mind. Let's read it for the third time. One to go. But Daniel made up his mind. See, that's where destiny fulfillment starts. You make up your mind that you want to fulfill destiny. You just make up your mind and say, you know what? I am not going to live like the ordinary person. I'm not going to live like my friend. I'm not going to live like my parents. I will fulfill destiny. Ultimately, you are accountable to God. The first thing for anyone that wants to advance in destiny is to make a a decision to fulfill destiny. But Daniel made up his mind that he will not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. Imagine Daniel in the king's palace and they served wine. And this guy made up his mind. He said, this wine I'm not drinking. Do you think it was easy for Daniel? Oh boy, it wasn't easy. Slave, when you see wine, it's favor. I'm telling you. I mean, you share testimony with it. Out of all of us that were brought into captivity, I was chosen. It's not by my power. It's grace. And they just be drinking wine. Drinking wine. Eating chicken. Updating status. Wine drinking. Just finish. Chicken loading. Just finish. <laughs> King's Palace things. Alright? It's not by race, it's by grace. When I was a slave, nobody cried. Now that I'm enjoying, nobody should talk. Enjoyment things. You know, some of the things we celebrate as goodness sometimes lead us away from the purpose of God or deaden our conscience to the purpose of God. But this guy knew that eating this thing that was offered to idols would defile him. And he knew there was a greater purpose for him. And he said, no, you make up your mind. What will keep you from temptation is your sense of purpose. What will keep you from doing what everyone else does is what? Your sense of purpose. If your sense of purpose is greater than your sense of comfort, you'll be disciplined. I can give you another example from scripture. Uh, Moses, he says, he chose to suffer affliction with the children of Israel than to enjoy the pleasures of sin in Egypt. Do you imagine that kind of choice? You are supposed to be the next pharaoh. Even if you are not supposed to be the next pharaoh, from water, you went to the palace, schooled in all the learning of Egypt. You were like pharaoh's child. Pharaoh's daughter loved you. As a own child, raised you in the palace, then you now choose to go to the wilderness. Nobody will agree that you are, you are making a choice of purpose. 
It's called a constraint of purpose. Where purpose constrains you to live in a certain way so that you are making yourself available to do what God has for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes comfort is not a sign that the blessing of God is on your life. Sometimes comfort can be that you refuse to embrace certain things that God wants you to embrace. Are you hearing what I'm telling you this morning? Come on, are you learning something this morning? Chose, I will rather suffer, went to the wilderness and was not tending sheep. Do you know what his mind would have done to him? Look at you here, tending sheep. When you should be in Egypt, say you are serving God. I don't think it would have been easy. When you talk of mental health, eh? everybody's crying about mental health. (laughs) Eh? That is where issues would have started. Do you know what his sisters and his brothers and his mother would have said? Is it not God that saved you to go to the palace? You see, discernment is so low in our day and in our time that once there is money and his riches, we are blinded. Discernment is so low. Is it not God that made them to choose you? How many children are in the palace? But his purpose was greater than the palace. His purpose was to actually represent Christ. So many years later, Moses could say, a prophet like unto me shall God raise to you. He couldn't have said that he was, if he was the Pharaoh of Egypt. Choosing. So you make up your mind. Your mind and decisions have a great role in your advancement. You've got to watch your decisions. See, no devil can stop you from fulfilling purpose. Only you can. And the earlier you decide, the better for you. No one can make up your mind for you. We can give you all this information. Praise God. We can teach you as much. You know, even Jesus finished teaching and says, He that has ear, let him hear. That means Jesus understood that not everybody listening to him was going to take a decision based on what they've heard. I can teach you as much as I want to teach you. You can read all the books in the world as much as you can. Do whatever. But you have to make up your own mind. Your mind has to be made up by you, not me. Decisions determine destiny. Your decisions determine your destiny. Alright? Many people want great destinies, but they, want, they have poor decision-making process. So if your decisions are poor, your destiny will end up that way. And when we talk about poor destiny, we're not talking about money. We're talking about, are you able to fulfill the purpose of God like it was said about David? Praise God. Number two, this is a whole lot. Number two, deliberate prayer life. Everybody say deliberate prayer life. Let's say it a bit louder. Say deliberate prayer life. No man can fulfill purpose without committing to a life of prayer. There are two kinds of prayer. Personal prayers for your needs, your family, your personal life. And intercession and supplication for the saints and the purpose of God. In Daniel 6.10. Look at, because we're just picking this from the life of Daniel. In Daniel 6.10 it says, Now when Daniel learned that the document was signed, he entered his house. And in his roof chamber, he had windows open towards Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees. Three times a day. Praying and offering praises before his God, just as he has been doing previously. 
What gave Daniel the power to make that decision? He had a prayer life. Praying three times a day. What was he praying about? His life was already comfortable. But he was praying about the fact that the Jews needed to walk in freedom. Do you intercede? Do you pray for the church? Do you pray for your pastor? How many of you have gotten our book? Pray for us. How many of you have that book? How many of you have read it? How many of you have signed the prayer covenant at the back? Okay. 50 bought, 20 read, zero signed the prayer covenant. Alright, so the, the essence of that book is to teach you how to pray for your pastor. By the word. You know, we don't pray for our pastors until we hear that something has happened. Eh? When you hear, oh, pastor did something, let's gather. The enemy will not win. Oh, father. <laughs> we like emergency things. No. Hmm? You, you have to pray for others. Pray for the church. Pray for the city. Pray for the nation. That's how you fulfill purpose. You see, when you are interested in others, God can begin to use your life to be of a blessing to them. Are you still here? God can use your life. Don't just be concerned about yourself. Have an intercessory list where you pray for others. What is a concern to you in the local church? Start praying about it. What's a concern to you in your neighborhood? Pray about it. Are you hearing? What's a concern to you on the island? Start praying about it. Don't just say, I'm praying. Pray. Daniel three times a day will kneel and we pray. So we cannot fulfill destiny if we don't have a deliberate prayer life. Colossians 4.2 says, be devoted to prayers. And 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. You know, I'm, I'm literally taking this scripture <laughs> and I'm just been meditating on it. And I just discovered that, you know, you could just pray in the spirit in between your tasks. You just pray in the spirit. Just pray. Just pray. Just pray without season. Just pray. Alright? As you're walking the road, pray. Share in the taxi, pray. Washing the plates, pray. Washing the clothes, just pray in the spirit. Pray without season. Have a life of prayer. Hallelujah. Have a life of prayer. Praise God. Alright, so number two, first one is deliberate decision. Number two, a deliberate prayer life. Number three, a deliberate praise life. An attitude of joy gets you faster into purpose than ingratitude. You know what, in Daniel 6.10, let's go back to Daniel 6.10, the Bible says Daniel was offering praises and thanksgiving to God. Not praise as a formula, but as a lifestyle. Learn to be grateful. Father, thank you for my life. I, I praise your name. You know, learn to, learn to be grateful. Learn to be grateful. Have an attitude of thanksgiving. You know, most of us feel like, you know, my life should have been here by now. At my age, I shouldn't be doing this. At my dad, I shouldn't be doing that. This one, oh, father, when will it be my turn? Yeah, I you know, because we've got this concept that everybody is just lined up. You know, lined up, lined up, lined up, lined up. And then God just sits in heaven with chewing stick. And just chewing, and just chewing, and just chewing. Say, yes, 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 yes. Okay, Matthew. And then calls Matthew and just says, this is job. This is children. This is quadruplet. This is you. 
Then, bam, then Matthew shows up in church. Praise the Lord. After 10 years, I got a job. I have children. I have six children and seven houses and everything. And there's a Lord, Father. If you did it for Matthew, you did it for me. And then God's just showing his string stick. And showing, 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 showing. Say, yes, yes, yes. Yes, Philo, it's your turn. <laughs> you know? And, and because we've been taught that way, we almost feel like God is unjust, you know that. You know? So we are like, but I pray, I pray more than Philo. I give, and then it becomes almost like, you know, we're trying to present a case before God so that God will answer us, you know. So we get, ah, but I'm a tighter. You stop all those things. There's nothing wrong with your life. You're working the plans and the purpose of God for your life. Be content in that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Only God can define your progress. And just, just, I don't know how to put it. Just relax. Breathe first. Just breathe. And just say, okay, God, it's me and you. What is progress for you today? And God says, do this. You do that. You're making progress. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, there are many things you might not own in this life. That's the truth. There are many things you might not have. There are also things you might have. And hmm? <laughs> ah. You know, sometimes it's when you grow older, you now look back and you just say, so why was I fusing over... Huh? I mean, this is not a perfect example, but it just crossed my mind. You remember, if you have done youth service, hmm? you know when you go to camp, there are some people that took that match pass like... Did, you, did, you, did anybody have, have a colleague like that? They took that match pass as if from there, they are going straight to the army. Ah. <laughs> eh? They took the match pass. Hey, hey. Ah, some even shout. Some, they were so good that the... Soldier, we pick them and say, you are leading this platoon. Ah, they felt like they were next to soldiers. They shouted, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> You realize that, that, hey, 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 you are shouting. Two years after, you, you still don't have a job. You cannot go and now employ something. Say, say, where are you coming from? Say, I was the one that shouted, hey, hey. You you know, that thing has nothing. It has no, it is good. I'm not saying, but you understand what I'm saying? It's after youth service, you now look back and say, ah, ah, now, what is all this stress about? You know, I don't want to reveal my secrets, but God gave me wisdom. See all those ones that they will climb on that barbed wire, climb on that tree, climb on that tree. Right from day one, I told myself, see, I'm going in peace. And I will return in peace. Barbed wire, I'm not climbing. Because I know myself. Immediately, my mind tells me there's barbed wire on top of, on top of my body. My body will tear. Just knowing that there's barbed wire. I didn't do that Because I had made all my inquiries. This going through the barbed wire, is it part of why they will give you certificate? I mean, just... People do things that when you look back, you now say, ah. And the same way we are anxious about things today, that in the next five years we'll look back and say that was not worth the sleepless nights. Come on, somebody say, God has a good plan for me. Say one more time. Say, God has a great plan for me. I will not be anxious. I will not be anxious. How many of you believe God has a good plan for you? Hallelujah. The next one is a deliberate decision to read. Deliberate decision to read. 
Daniel 9.2 And I, Daniel, understood by books. I, Daniel, understood by books. We read in line with our purpose. We read in line of the call of God on our lives. A man who will advance in destiny must make time to increase knowledge. Psalm 1.5 The wise man will hear and increase in, in knowledge. Proverbs, sorry. Proverbs 1.5 The wise man will hear and increase in knowledge. Proverbs 19.12 It's not good for a soul to be without knowledge. Reading. Learn to read. Learn to read. Praise God. Learn to read. Take out the time and read. Take out the time and read. Get books. Get materials. Praise the name of the Lord. Get books. Don't be a Christian who is dull. Read. You're a business person, buy business books. Don't say it's too expensive. Buy sales books. You're a teacher, buy educational books. I, Daniel, understood by books. Learn to read. Start with reading your Bible. Cut off social media and read. I was reading Mark Zuckerberg's um, quarterly report, the Facebook report they just released, and he was saying that the viewership of Facebook Reels, right, went up by 30%. 30%. That's more people viewing the Reels. And you know, because of artificial intelligence, the way they have done it, when you view one and they know your kind of interest, what happened? They will now gather all of them and you are like, whoa, whoo, wow, whoo, wow, hey, this generation, this generation, Jesus, this generation. And one hour is gone there, not just one hour is gone there, more money in their bank for them. And everybody seems to have money for data. Everybody seems to have money for data. Those that don't have that, their data will soon expire, will put it on status. Data will soon expire. Sub me, DM me for details. And you have people who, but I mean, 30%, that's a whole lot. That's a whole lot, right? Over three billion people. Facebook is a world of its own. 30% of that. More money for Mark. Make him richer every time you go online. Right? So if you don't have an internet business you're doing, some of you, your green light is always on. With the hello? Are you sleeping? Say no. <laughs> How can I sleep when Facebook is alive? Who, who am I? I'm the one, the one that keepeth Facebook, never sleeps, no slumber. Hmm? If you want to fulfill purpose, you've got to read. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Get your brain to work. Don't think you are too old to read here. Buy books and read. Even if you are going to take one line for two days, buy books, read. Shut the phone and read. Let your brain be able to carry your purpose. Don't have a big purpose and a small brain. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Just, just learn. Learn one English word a day. Learn how to speak. Don't go for an interview and you're shaking. You're very good. God wants you to become the prime minister. He has given you the vision. He has given you the dream. You're standing before Pharaoh and your mouth is shaking. So, so what do you think is the solution? Um, um, 
Um, <laughs> go back to prison. When you are ready, you come out. You might only have one chance to come out of prison. Don't mess it up. Tell your neighbor you might only have one chance to come out of prison. Don't mess it up. That's not the day you want to go and do um, um, It's here, but I can't remember. They say, okay, go back. If God gives you the opportunity to shoot your shots, make sure you're ready. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You might only have one day to impress your boss. You might only have one moment. Your boss looks at you and says, uh, do you have an idea of what can be done? That is your day. All the book you have been reading, you give the guy solutions. I mean, there's a brother here who there was something going on in their, in their firm, in their company, right, in their firm, and it, it was taking a while. It's, they were not able to solve it and, and, and all of that. And, you know, some of the things we've been teaching here, just be diligent at your job. Just get the stuff done. He went into it and got the stuff and saved his company some money and he got an award. I mean, we've had two brothers who've done that here. Saving the company some money. He's got an award. <clears throat> hmm? When the company needs practical solution, that's not when to that say, man, it's good to pray. And I say, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. The Holy Spirit now checks inside your brain. Not say I can't. What, we, what are we going to use? <laughs> I say, Holy Spirit, show me the solution. Holy Spirit, I've checked. Oh, there's nothing here. <laughs> Even your spirit is not built enough to receive signals from heaven, right? They can give you a vision now. You misinterpret it. What was a it was a problem? You now expand it. Holy Spirit checks. What can we use? No textbook, nothing. Oh, what is your man? This mumu man, mumu man. No be juju be this, mumu man. No be juju be this, mumu man. Holy Spirit has checked. You are just hearing mumu man. No be juju be this. We can't help you because that's what is in your brain. <laughs> that's what is in your brain. Jesus, Holy Spirit, mumu man. I mean, mixture just. And, and sorry, we can't use you. There's something to do in the natural for you to be usable. Your brain is worth much more than that. Exchange entertainment for education. The world is waiting for you. I said the world is waiting for you. You can offer much more to this world. Much more. Much more. Much more. Make up your mind today that for the rest of your life, you will be intelligent. You will read books. You'll be a solution provider. That when you decide you want to leave your company, they will beg you and say, you know what, guy? Name your price. All right? It's not the day you say you want to leave. They say, ah, we want to really thank God for your life. You say, I have not left. You say, yes, we are thanking God because you're leaving. Okay. okay, so. Number five, deliberate decision to be excellent in your workplace. All right? We'll do, we'll do one more. Your destiny is lived on earth. You must have a renewed perspective to work. Work is not a curse. It is intertwined with your purpose and your destiny. Listen to me. Only 5% of Christians will probably be preaching full-time the way I'm doing. The remaining 95%, where are they going to shine their lights? At their workplace. Don't joke with your job. Alright? Be excellent there. Nothing was found with Daniel and his job. It was perfect. Daniel 6.4 Joseph worked hard in Pharaoh's house until he became the house of the household, the head of the household. Genesis 39, 2-4. You remember when he also went to prison? What happened? They handed all the prisoners to him. 
It was in that process he interpreted the dream. Can you see that his work interplayed with what? His purpose. Okay? Genesis 30, 29 to 30. Um, Jacob said, when I came, your cattle increased. When I came, your cattle increased. There's a, there's a scripture I want us to read. I'll, I'll stop here because of time. But let, let, let me say this. Genesis 31, 6. Genesis 31, 6. I want us to read that scripture. Then I'll just give you the last point you write. It says, you know that I've served your father with all my strength. Look at what he said. I have served your father with all my strength. Nobody fulfills purpose that plays with his work. You know, I always tell people in this church, I mean, we will do, myself and Pastor Mary, we will do everything that is in our power to teach you well, to serve. If you want to check anything about our job, you will not find an error there. We will serve you with our strength. We'll be able to stand before you and say, you know what, we pastored you with our strength. I won't come up here and teach you something that haven't studied, haven't prayed over it. I won't come here and teach you something to just make you happy, get you excited. Not enough substance to go home with. No, that's not doing my job properly. I won't come here just because I'm afterwards in your pocket. That's not doing my job properly. Are you going to your job because of what it can pay you or you're really going there to contribute value? In the book of Genesis, right? When God created Adam, he gave him a job. It wasn't because um, there was unemployment. No, he had a job. Take care of the garden. Work is God's plan from the beginning. Stop seeing it as a curse. Stop thinking if Adam had not seen, we'll just be in the garden, just eating fruit, eating fruit, eating fruit, eating. You know, some of us feel it was because Adam sinned, that's why we're working. No. This is just my mind. I'm just feeling that all of us would have had a portion of our garden that everybody would be taking care of. And your laziness will show. Where you see your garden weeds. Because when you're just eating, 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 you're not clearing. Before you know, your whole garden is red. No watering, nothing. This is my mind. Alright? The last one. Be deliberate about your associations. No one fulfills destiny in isolation. Your relationship will hasten your walk to destiny or will hinder it. Your relationship will hasten your walk to destiny or will hinder it. Your closest friends will hasten your walk to destiny or will hinder it. Daniel 2, 16 and 18, Daniel had his friends. Acts 4, 23, they returned to their own company. Proverbs 13, 20, he that walks with the wise will be wise. Saints of God, I beg you, by the mercies of God, be conscious of your destiny when you live here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God has a plan. Don't disappoint God. Don't disappoint history. Don't disappoint the potentials that God has put in you. I want to challenge you for the rest of your life. Think your purpose. Think your destiny. Do whatever it's in your power to get your purpose and your destiny right. Go back over this message again. Listen to it over and over again. Take notes and get a work at yourself. Let's pray. Are you blessed this morning? Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up ourselves unto you. We ask that by the Spirit of God, you would help us to fulfill purpose, to fulfill destiny. I'm asking, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that wherever we're lacking the discipline, where purpose and destiny is concerned, 
you will just highlight it to us and you will help us by your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Are you blessed this morning? Say amen if you are. All right. We, praise God. We're going to close shortly. Amen. But we have uh, Thanksgiving today. How many of you are glad when we have Thanksgiving? Yeah, it's a good thing to have Thanksgiving. Amen. And, um, you know, when we're doing gratitude, you guys step up quickly. When we're doing gratitude, you know, Harry said, I have testimonies, but I will share it. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.